Take me to the volcano! That volcano is on the verge of eruption. A catastrophe of nature will soon turn this island into cinders. When the lava comes, we'll just be trapped here, won't we? Volcano God, Volcano God, which one of my treasures will you take from me today? Since Rockcast is mainly about the art of drinking wine, I thought we could have a drinking game this episode. Whenever you hear the word lava, from this point on, take a drink. Number 11, what comes out of a volcano? A pyroclastic cloud. What else? Molten rock. And another name for molten rock is... Magma. Magma goo. No. Didn't you hear the setup? We want, we want them to drink. Ask the right question then. Okay, let's try this again. You're a volcano. You've just erupted. Where am I located? I give up. Wouldn't you lava a drink right now? Drink responsibly. And now for the Juicy Truth with Rotwang and me, number 11. Tonight we're drinking two different wines. uh, They're both volcanic wines. One's from the island of Santorini uh, in Greece, in the Aegean Sea. And the other is from Mount Etna in Sicily, Italy. Were you expecting someone? I wasn't expecting someone. Were you expecting someone? Coming. Well, look who it is. Oh, hi. Am I late? It's number nine. Long time no see. Hi, hi, Rotwang. Uh, number 11, I'm going to take your spot. Number 11, um, give her your glass. Okay. Yoink. Okay, tonight our theme is volcanoes. You know, I've heard of um, vineyards importing volcanic uh, dirt to uh, use as an additive to their own soil to give it uh, that extra uh, quality. And that made me think, well, you know, if you're going to import volcanic dirt, why not sample wines directly from a volcano mountain and uh, see what the difference is? And we have two different wines from two different volcanoes. One is uh, from the island of Santorini in the Aegean Sea. And the other is uh, from Italy on the island of Sicily 
and the volcano Mount Etna. One is red and one is white, and we'll be comparing them. What are we going to taste first? Well, the first on the docket is um, the white. I want, want it to be served colder. The white has been in the refrigerator for about two hours, and then we took it out, and it's been resting for 30 minutes. That's correct. I think it's ready to drink. Okay, let's give it a try. Number nine and I are joined by our mother. And you'll recognize mom's voice from other shows. Shows, famous shows such as the Rebel Rebel Show. And mothers. Don't I have a number? I don't think you deserve a number. Do you? A number. Okay, Mom, you can have a number. Uh, number 11 is suggesting you are number one. Oh, okay. Number one's fine with me. <laughs> okay, number one. What are we pairing the Butari Santorini 2008 with tonight, number 11? We are having apple pie cheese, uh, some pepperoni, cheddar, and port wine nut mix and roasted garlic bread dipped in premium extra virgin olive oil so at least some of this is mediterranean in nature the olive oil and the pepperoni an interesting thing about the greek island is very windy there and uh, to grow grapes in a harsh windy climate like that they keep the vines clipped close to the ground and they kind of weave the vines into a basket over the grapes which grow into the center of the uh, basket so they're protected from this wind and I'd love to see this in in person and, and uh, see this little nest of grapes my bags are packed let's go it's supposed to be beautiful there the only thing is it looks like there'd be a lot of trudging uphill and downhill on the side of a mountain I'll go. I heard they have like black sand there. That's what I want to see. Or like beaches of black pebbles. Mm -hmm. I've heard that too. That's what I want. Lava. Doesn't that sound hot as hell though? Let's go. I think we should do a Juicy Truth on location. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go too. (laughs) You want to go? I'll get there on a boat, but... You'll drive your scooter off the boat. (laughs) Yeah. I want to go to Thera. The island of Santorini was called Thera by the ancients. The eruption there was one of the largest volcanic events in recorded history. It inspired certain Greek myths. For example, the real destruction of the nameless Minoan city discovered buried by the volcano is believed to be the basis for Plato's story of Atlantis. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas in all legends from all lands were from fair Atlantis. And as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis!
return you to the Juicy Truth Wine Review already in progress. And it moves in the glass sort of like a dessert wine, which I would definitely say is resiny. I, th- I think that's a term that you'll find used a lot with uh, Greek wines. In fact, there's a, a Greek beverage that I think is still classified as a wine that tastes like pine. I would say the fact that we notice any character in the body at all is a good thing because it makes it interesting. But there's another component to body, what we call how big it is and, and how much of the alcohol is, is present in the feel of it in your mouth. And I would say it's, it's sort of a medium body on that uh, score, wouldn't you? Um, I noticed that it does have a pretty high alcohol content, so that could be some of what we're seeing. I think it's 13.5. I'm going to say the body's pretty excellent. I, I would just say it has a has an in- interesting perfume. I don't know what it what it would smell like. Um, maybe number nine has some other idea. I kn- I know that citrus might be something that we would find in a white wine such as this. Okay, well when we first opened it, we had to wait a while because it was a pretty strong scent that had to wear off, but um, as I smell it now, if I smelled it before tasting it, I would think that it, it would be sweeter than it is. So, I do get some sugar, like honey, on the nose that doesn't necessarily show up on the palate. Do you like the way it smells? No. It smells strong, even though it's been resting for a half an hour or longer. Uh, It doesn't smell like white wine that I've smelled before, and I don't like the smell. It's too strong. What do you think it smells like? It doesn't smell citrusy to me. If you could associate one word with the smell of this wine, what would it be? Wood. Number one has whispered under breath terpentine. And I think that is a valid statement, really. I mean, it it's going to be uh, some kind of uh, alcohol, right? And it's... Uh, Turpentine is made of uh, resin. When I smell this wine, I'm reminded of one time somebody described a wine as acetone, like a nail polish remover. And I am getting a sense of that with this wine. I just wanted to get a little vino nostalgic. You know, this podcast and the Juicy Truth is the best in vino nostalgia. So it's interesting that you mention that word that I've trademarked. (laughs) I think it's a very useful word in your day-to-day life. So I'm going to have to give it a lower score for aroma. Okay, we're up to taste notes. I don't think it tastes as strong as it smells. It's actually sort of bland. I think it tastes sour and every sip I've had of it, my mouth is puckered up like lemons, although it doesn't taste like lemon. 
Here's what I have to say out of my great wisdom. I've had one Greek wine before, and it was salty, which was very strange to me, and it, and it had a slight olivey taste to it. This one definitely does not have olivey taste, but my main impression is of salt. I don't really care for that, but everything else about the taste of the wine I do like. The sourness, I would compare it to lemons. And I like that. And I'm not even going to take off points, really, for the saltiness, because it's a little different, I think. Also, I just want to add one thing. I don't know if salt would uh, count as uh, mineral, but one of the things I would be looking for in a volcanic uh, wine would be a minerality to the taste. Volcanic soil would have a mineral, and if that mineral, if, if that's what they're talking about, is salt, then I'm very disappointed. I was hoping for a minerality that's a chalky, clean kind of taste. Do we know if this was fermented in oak barrels or steel casks? Because to me it tastes like oak because it has such a strong aftertaste. I will have to research that. I know our next wine is, uh, the Mount Etna wine is aged in French oak. As far as taste goes, I'm not going to give it a very high score for complexity. The most complex thing about it is that it has a nice body and it smells nothing like it tastes. I haven't had any problem with the acid. It it is uh, very sour, it'll make you pucker, but as for acid balance, I'm not getting any kind of uh, burn, and it's very drinkable in my book. I disagree. I think there's too much acid, so I'm going to give it a lower score. I didn't get any burn, just the sour taste. We know it's 13.5% alcohol. I may have just started to feel it right about now. <laughs> Alcohol isn't overpowering, but I know it's in there. I paid $16 for this bottle of wine. I don't know from the reaction I'm getting here, I don't know if I would buy it again. It doesn't seem to be very popular. Nine, is this worth the extra money? Well, you don't see Greek wines that often, so maybe you would pay $16 to taste a Greek wine. But if Greek wines were as common as French wines, then no. The way it tastes, I would pay seven, seven to ten dollars for it. I would not buy this wine. Maybe this wine deserves some bonus points because it's rare. I mean, it's not terrible. Like pity votes? Maybe, maybe one or two pity votes. Don't you think the Greeks probably invented wine? <laughs> Maybe we should be drinking it out of a terracotta pot or something. Like an amphora? Isn't that a fancy word for Greek pot? Well, number 11 has come up with the score. 66 is a pretty sad low score. That is bad. It's not the lowest we've had, but it's down there in the bottom. 579 miles to the west of 
Santorini is the island of Sicily in the Ionian Sea. And there we'll find another volcano and another volcanic wine from Mount Etna. And it is called Tenuta della Terra Neri. Please translate number nine. I think that would mean Black Earth. Correct. And Tenuta is a estate and Della is of the... So it's the estate of the Black Earth, which makes perfect sense if you're talking about a volcanic mountainside. And this wine was uh, created in 2008. And right now, I'd like to compare the altitudes of the uh, various volcanoes. Santorini is a tiny island, the wine we just drank, and it is only uh, 105 to 140 meters altitude above sea level. Now, this wine we're about to drink is much higher. It's at uh, 2,100 to 2,900 feet above sea level. Did you just compare feet and meters? Why don't you just pick one? You're right, number nine. My sources were mixed and therefore my measurements became mixed. Let's stay with feet. The range of altitude I was talking about for Santorini is from 350 to 460 feet. That's not even a quarter of the height of the altitude we're talking about on Mount Etna. This wine we're drinking, Terra Nera, was grown on the north face of Mount Etna, and it compares at just slightly under the altitude of the wine we drank from Mendoza, Argentina. We now return you to the Juicy Truth Wine Review, already in progress. It's a ruby color or garnet. It's just the color you want to see when drinking red wine. We're spilling wine on the tablecloth. Yeah, I'm going to put something over that so no one sees it. But I think we're going to give it a good score for clarity as well. What do you think, Rotwang? I don't see any sediment even in the bottom of the bottle. There's probably less to say about the body of this wine than the last wine because this looks pretty normal or average. Yeah, it's definitely less viscous than the white wine we just tasted. Seems like a medium-bodied wine. It's a little thicker than a Pinot Noir, maybe not as thick as the bigger reds. Now we go on to the harder categories, aroma notes. I think it's pretty deep, maybe plum or pepper. It reminds me a little of the white, the aroma does. I don't smell anything I can put a name to. When you said pepper, I thought that was maybe close. But I think it's some place between a, a wood and a pepper, maybe, for me. Or both on, on top of one another. Now we've all tasted it. What do we think? Maybe I'll start this time. I can taste the tannins. 
it's not sour like the other one was, really. It might be slightly bitter. Okay, I'm tasting like liquid smoke or wood stove. Something like that, which is something I generally like. It tastes better than the white, much better. And it's, to me, it tastes a little unusual, but that's not bad. So why don't you start with complexity, number one? You started to talk about that a little bit. I think it's fairly complex because, I guess because I can't find a flavor. And it might get better with a couple more years. It said that it, it, the, the maturity could go up to 2016. I think there's room for this one to uh, grow in complexity, whereas there wasn't in the earlier wine we tried. There are things happening in my mouth I can't really describe. Well, one of the things I would say is that there's the tannins. It's drying my mouth out. It's kind of sucking the juice out of my tongue. You're right. My mouth is getting dry, too. Okay, well, I agree with you that the complexity probably will have some time to develop. Let's talk about the acid balance. It's on the acidy side. I don't know if it's acid or the pepper-like quality it has. I think it's a spicy, a little bit spicy. Um, so I can't tell if I'm tasting the acid or the pepper. Number one. I've been sitting here without drinking it for a few minutes, and I'm starting to feel dry in the back of my throat. And I think that means that it is acidy more than what I prefer, but it could be worse. I think uh, the earlier wine had uh, was a little more sour, and this one might be a little more spicy. And I don't know if those have anything to do with acid balance, except they might be confused for the amount of acid in this. So now we're at the alcohol balance. It's, it, it is the exact same alcohol percentage as the earlier wine. Now, of course, I'm drunker now because I've had way more wine, and I don't, that doesn't affect the alcohol balance either, but uh, I think I might have tasted more of the alcohol in the earlier wine, and that was not a problem for me. This is not a problem for me either. It has enough tannins and flavor to balance out the alcohol. I agree it's more appropriate in the red. Uh, it, the high alcohol doesn't, doesn't bother me in this as much as it did in the white because it's balanced with the other flavors. So it tends to conceal it. So the price of this wine, it was $15.00. Less expensive than the earlier wine, which, you know, I think we're liking this wine better. We're looking for a, a great bottle at $10. So right off the bat, probably knocks this down. Depends on your preference. I, I would possibly buy this again. Now that I'm all knowledgeable about it, I would, like, try to impress my friends. So I'm going to give it a fairly high score. Well, it does go over your budget of $10 but it doesn't go over that much. 
now it's time to give the hard heavy lifting to number 11. <laughs> math time. I'm an English major, you do the math. This is the only time you remember me. You were the closest to an accountant that we have. <laughs> well, number 11 has come up with the score and it's an 80%. And I think that's accurate. I think that score represents the comments we made pretty well. What do you think, Ratwang? I agree. I, of course, wish both of them were higher and uh, that we would have had our socks knocked off and been flabbergasted, but I think we, uh, we've given a pretty good um, picture of how we felt about the wines, and 80% isn't terrible. It's higher than the average wine we've sampled. If you go out in search of wines that are grown on um, volcanic uh, mountainsides, be prepared to pay a boatload of money. They, they ask a premium price for these wines. And uh, I'd like to taste uh, a volcanic wine maybe from at a different um, strata of <laughs> quality, but uh, this is all I can afford. What about a um, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir that's volcanic? There are three volcanoes where I live, Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens, and Mount Rainier. I'd love to try one of those, and, and I'll compare the prices. I, I have a feeling it's going to be at least in the 20s, $30 bottle, but... No? Mm -mm. Okay. Since this mountain was a volcano, 50 feet below its peak amid a shower of stones and slag, a wide crater vomited torrents of lava that were dispersed in fiery cascades. So situated, this volcano was an immense torch that lit up the lower plains all the way to the horizon. This underwater crater spewed lava, but not flames. Flames need oxygen. But a lava flow, which contains in itself the principles of its incandescence, can rise to a white heat, overpower the liquid element, and turn it into steam on contact. Swift currents swept away all this diffused gas, and torrents of lava slid to the foot of the mountain, like the disgorging of a Mount Vesuvius over the city lights of a second Torre del Greco. There beneath my eyes was a town of ruins, demolished, overwhelmed, laid low, its roofs caved in, its temples pulled down, its arches dislocated, its columns stretching over the earth, 
In these ruins you could still detect the solid portions of a sort of Tuscan architecture. Farther off, the remains of a gigantic aqueduct here, the caked heights of an acropolis along with the fluid forms of a Parthenon there, the remnants of a wharf as if some bygone port had long ago harbored merchant vessels and tripled-tier war galleys on the shores of some lost ocean. Long rows of collapsing walls, deserted thoroughfares, a whole Pompeii buried under the waters, which Captain Nemo had resurrected before my eyes. Where was I? Where was I? I had to find out at all cost. I wanted to speak. I wanted to rip off the copper sphere imprisoning my head. But Captain Nemo stopped me with a gesture. Then, picking up a piece of chalky stone, he advanced to a black basaltic rock and scrawled this one word, Atlantis. haven't been very fair with me. I'm your cohort, but it seems that if any Yahoo comes along, you bump me down the panel just because I don't like wine? I have, uh... I wasn't finished. I've been listening to your show at night, and this new segment, chapter and verse, could be much better if you let me help. But, um... It's just you talking and talking. And it's about movies. And you know I like movies. I may not like wine, but I like movies. You knew that. So, what you're saying is you'd like to... I'm uh, taking over. Now explain the concept. Go ahead. Go ahead. Each episode, we pick a movie that matches our theme. We describe a chapter. Most DVDs come with a chapter name. So, we'll give you the name and we'll describe the chapter. And we give you the, the year and some hints. We'll give the answer in the next episode. While I look over my notes, you give the answer to last episode's quiz. It was the New York one. So now it's time to answer the chapter and verse quiz, episode 15, New York After Dark. And to do this, I'm going to use the movie trailer. Burt Lancaster as J.J. Hunsecker, world-famed columnist whose gossip is gospel to 60 million readers. Tony Curtis as Sidney Falco, the kid who had ideas about taking over. But we happen to know I'm your star pupil, because I reflect back to you your own talent. I'd hate to take a bite of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. <laughs> Don't turn your back on him. You might find a knife in it. This is their story, and that of the big shots and big names who worship the sweet smell of success. Along Broadway, throughout Hollywood, down Wall Street, 
on Capitol Hill. Sweet smell of success. That's right, the answer was The Sweet Smell of Success, starring Burt Lancaster and Tony Curtis. The role of J.J. Hunsecker, the part played by Burt Lancaster, was based on real-life gossip columnist Walter Winchell. Winchell invented the role of gossip columnist, a person who pays for private details about celebrities and broadcasts the items for mass consumption. Everything about the movie is top-notch. The music... There are actually two scores for the movie, one by jazz leader Chico Hamilton and the other by film composer Elmer Bernstein. Both are great. The acting is very good, especially Tony Curtis as a sleazy publicist, Sidney Falco. The black and white night photography by James Wong Howe is very beautiful. And the movie often gets credits for its stylistic dialogue. At its release, it wasn't a popular movie, despite its obvious quality. People didn't want to see a movie about contemptible people, I guess. New York Magazine called the film the most acrid and best of all New York movies because it captured better than any film the atmosphere of Times Square and big city journalism. So, number 11, if you're ready, we can play the quiz for this episode. 16... Volcanoes. Go ahead. Go ahead. The name of this chapter is Old Man River. It's 2 minutes and 49 seconds long. The movie was released in 1990. Your first clue for this episode's chapter and verse is very personal to me. I just lost my dog and I was very depressed. I was sitting at home. And I thought, well, I've had this movie sitting on the shelf for a while. Why don't I put it in? Maybe it'll take my mind off of it. So I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, I see a brindled Great Dane being walked down the street. Now, who would think that there'd be a Great Dane walking down the street in a movie? I sure wouldn't have. Oh, boy, did it bring the tears. So, obviously, I had a brindled great dane and there's one in this movie okay so here we go tom wait you can't say the actor's name that will give it away okay joe wait wait we don't always say the character's name either okay this guy hugs a dog a brindled great dane and that's all what about the camera moves and angles that's boring and nerdy you do it okay uh i'll do it start over You say everything that's happening on screen, and I'll slip in the camera stuff. Fine. I see feet walking down some steps. The camera is panning down the outside of a brick building. The building number is 941, and it is a red brick building. You see a sign that reads, Medical League Building, Long Island Branch. He looks dejected as he walks out the door. The camera is moving away, backing away to show more of the street. He looks up. He looks down. He looks left. The camera pulls back faster. We see more of the red brick building and the street. We see a white car. And then we see a woman walking a Great Dane. He bends over to let the dog sniff his hand. And then he hugs the dog. Next, he hugs the lady. The camera shifts to the left as it pulls back further. Centering the morose man. He looks to the right and watches them walk away. He fishes for his keys in his pocket. 
He then walks to and gets into his car. He drives slowly out of view. There's a cut and we see his feet again on a hard sidewalk. He's about to step on a crushed daisy growing out of a crack in the sidewalk. He bends down to hold it up. We see his left shoe is in very bad repair. The soul is coming away. The music Old Man River is playing. The music swells as it comes to an end. His head is in close-up against a cold gray sky. He has a steely look of determination in his gaze as he rises. That sounds like something I should be saying. His head is in close-up against a cold gray sky. He has a steely look of determination in his gaze as he rises. Oh, brother, do you know this movie? The answer will be announced in the next Rotcast, episode 17. The musical bed you're hearing is called Haunted by Kim Schutterley. You can contact us by email. Our address is mail at rotcast.com. You can read the Rotcast blog at www.venostalgia.com. Our Skype name is Call Rotcast. That's C-A-L-L-R-O-T-C-A-S-T. Visit the website to learn more about the wines and link to more content. Listen next time when you will hear... Max, we may have lost Pepperland, but Rotcast will be different. Yes, your blueness. I mean, no, your blueness. That's better. Are the troops in readiness? No. The bonkers? No. The clowns? No. The snapping turks? No. Anti-music missiles? No. The dreadful flying glove? No. Splendid. Tomorrow, Max, Rotcast goes bluey. Thank you.